0: To learn more, visit UASCC.org or UnitedWayNCC.org.
1: All right. Well, I hope everybody is uh, getting ready for a fun and safe Thanksgiving. And I wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. And uh, since we last talked last week, uh, it is now official that the Republican Party has taken the majority in the U.S. House. Um, The last races that were needed to get to that 218 number. Uh, were reached. There are still a handful of races outstanding, so we don't know exactly uh, what the final breakdown is going to be, but it is clear at this point that the Republicans have taken the House Representatives for the 118th Congress. Uh, and because now it is official that the Democratic Party has lost power in the House uh, for at least the next two years, uh, I expect the remainder of this lame duck session is going to be filled with sort of some far-left wish lists. Uh, and I will stand strong. I'm going to fight against the radical policies of the far left and the radical policies of the Biden administration. Uh, Between now and when my term expires on January 3rd, uh, we'll be in D.C. quite a bit uh, in that time frame. Uh, Far left policies have hurt this country, and every day Americans pay the price for that with increased prices on their basic necessities. And again, I'm very concerned with this last few weeks of power is going to mean Uh, for a radicalized agenda. And I'm glad that the people of the 23rd District have sent me to Washington to be a a check on extreme policies from the left. Uh, But this is important, that the Republicans take the majority. This is very tangible uh, reasons why this is important for the next Congress. So one, of course, is to pass a law, you need both houses to concur, and it needs to go to the president. So with the Republicans in control of one chamber... Uh, They'll have the ability to stop bad laws after January 3rd, Uh, but also the investigation apparatus of the House will be in the control of the Republican Party and uh, Republican committee chairman. Uh, And I am and always have been for full transparency and accountability. And so we're going to see in January, and I'm glad to see in January, we'll see investigations into uh, Hunter Biden, investigations into uh, Joe Biden, and... It's troubling that the Democrats have chosen to ignore and suppress in some cases uh, of what looks like there might be uh, major improprieties and shady dealings on the part of the president's son. And and uh, with the mainstream media, social media ignoring and censoring the story, it's important that we do get some answers. Uh, so I would also point out the double standard. If members of former President Trump's family had uh, some of the allegations against him, Mr. Uh, younger Mr. Biden has against him, certainly that would be a much bigger story. And I bring this up because no one should be above the law. Uh, justice and the rule of law should always be followed. And I'm excited that there will be not just on the president's son, but on everything that has gone on with the Biden administration, there has the opportunity now to be full transparency and full accountability. And I think that's a productive thing for our democracy. We need to uh, have that if we're going to have trust in our government institutions. The only uh, solution to any lack of trust in our institutions and any feeling that the government is not working for the people is aggressive transparency. And now we'll have divided government. We'll have the Republicans in charge of the House and the Democrats in charge of the White House and Senate. And we will no longer have the one-party rule that has led to uh, a lack of of transparency. So I'm very excited that the Republicans took the majority, and I'm looking forward to what the next two years will bring. Uh, It's vital we get back to sound policies, uh, especially in the fiscal realm, that will help the American people. And we need to get back on a path of prosperity and away from the current path of outrageous and unsustainable spending uh, that has led to massive inflation and other concerns for the average American. So... I'm calling for total transparency. I'm excited that we're going to get uh, bipartisanship in the sense of uh, one party controlling one portion of the government and another portion of the government so that there can be accountability. uh, That's extremely important. And with that, I'll open it up to questions on this or any other topics that anyone would like to discuss. All right, we'll start with Brian Wlea,
0: Congressman. Yeah, Brian. Can you hear me?
1: Yes.
0: Wondering, uh, New York State is allowing uh, 36 uh, stores statewide to be able to legally sell uh, marijuana. Uh, That was in the news this morning. One of them is in Hornell. Any thoughts there?
1: Uh, My position on marijuana has long been that I am in favor of it's used for medicinal purposes. If a doctor wants to prescribe uh, marijuana, I think they should be able to, but I am against uh, recreational marijuana. That's been my position for a very long time.
0: Do you see with the, you know, uh, continued liberalizing of things in New York State from the state governor, and in particular the governor's office, uh Do you see uh, your office or uh, Nick Langworthy in the future uh, having a back-and-forth trying to pass laws to fight the left-wing laws coming out of Albany?
1: Well, it depends on the exact uh, thing that they're doing. It depends on the exact area uh, because, obviously, I'm a constitutional conservative, so the answer can't be if you don't like what the state does to immediately on every issue run to the federal government, because that's what uh, the left does to us all the time. Uh, the federal government has a role. The state government has a role. And so if it is in an area where there is proper federal jurisdiction, then, uh, then most definitely I think there's, there's a role for that, uh, to check uh, bad laws. Uh, but we don't want to uh, become like the other side and, and throw our constitutional principles out the window. Uh, just because we don't like what's going on, so it, so the answer would be yes if it's within the proper uh, realm of the federal government.
2: Thank you. All right, next Julia WRFA News. Mute off. Good morning, Congressman. Good morning. So um, when it comes to. Uh, what is do you do you have an idea of what is going to be coming forward in the next uh, before the end of the year with what's left of what you're calling the lame duck session? Any kind of bills that you anticipate seeing?
1: Well, there's a couple things that we are going to have to work on. Uh, one is the funding of the government, and that is uh, going to expire on uh, the middle of December, and we're going to have. An expiration of that funding, and so something is going to need to be done. There's going to be some process. Now, the way that's been done in recent years is people wait till the last minute and then frantically try and pass uh, some sort of stopgap measure, as opposed to <clears throat> doing things the right way and going through the proper process through the appropriations committees and passing separate appropriations bills. Now, because we haven't already seen that in action at all in the time that I've been in, uh, in Congress, I'm not holding my breath for the funding of the government to be done the right way, but that is something that there is a firm calendar date within the lame duck session. Also, uh, we have to deal with the national defense authorization, uh, how that gets handled. Uh, but I would say what I'm expecting is on session days, and we are going to have weeks and weeks of sessions still to go uh, even as currently scheduled and I would anticipate that schedule being altered uh, and, and extended we as a rank and file Republican office don't often know what we're going to be voting on until the majority leader's office decides to bring it up and usually the deals are struck within the Democratic Party as to what will come to the floor so literally anything uh, could come up uh, between now and January 3rd. So there's some major big-ticket items that we sort of know are going to have to be dealt with in some way, shape, or form. But uh, beyond that, uh, until January 3rd at noon, it is sort of at the pleasure of the Democratic leadership in the House.
2: Okay. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving.
0: You have been muted. Right, Unmute yourself. I Press the Starkey start you twice. Mute off. Dave from w- you have been Joe. muted.
2: To unmute yourself, press the star key twice. Oh, good morning, Joe. Uh, wondered if you knew how this uh, emergent state of emergency declaration is going to work out for counties like Chautauqua County. We were included in this declaration that was primarily aimed at the Buffalo area. Is there any uh, possible recoup of expenses, costs, for counties that were right on the edge
1: of this storm? Uh, if there is a declaration cleared, uh, declared, uh, that opens up more possibilities uh, than if there hadn't been a emergency declaration uh, that was put down there. Now, I don't want to make some promise of some sort of state or federal funding, but I don't have... Uh, the power to make those determinations. But I would say just as a general rule, uh, it is, if you are in the initial declaration of emergency, there are few, fewer bureaucratic hurdles uh, to go through. And I do know that northern Chautauqua County, uh, you know, we're talking over two feet of snow in some portions of, of northern Chautauqua County. That was the portion of the district that I represent that was most impacted by this uh, storm event, and uh, certainly there's any way that we can be helpful uh, to try and uh, help with anybody that may have had some sort of property destruction because of uh, uh, the storm, uh, we would certainly be willing to do so.
2: I know uh, what that two feet was like. (laughs) 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 Marching into the station. Well, thanks for the info. Appreciate it. Okay, uh, Rick Miller, Only in Times
1: Herald. Good morning. Good Good morning, morning. Congressman. How are you doing? Good, how about yourself? Good, good. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And the same to you. Say, in this lame duck session, will you support the increased uh, aid to Ukraine that the Biden administration is looking for? Yeah, I don't... I'm going to have to look very closely at that because I'm very concerned about a blank check. Um, The Russians are the clear aggressors in this war. This is a war of choice by Vladimir Putin. And he could end this war at any moment by just withdrawing his troops. Uh, So he is is clearly uh, the aggressor uh, in this war. Now, we are dealing with, in the United States of America, uh, significant economic disruption right now. And uh, my concern isn't necessarily... Uh, that we, we shouldn't support the Ukrainians. My concern is there being a, uh, a blank check, almost, an open checkbook. Uh, there needs to be uh, transparency, accountability for where that money has gone. That's where the most concern that's been presented to me has been more, do we know where this money is going when we send it overseas? Do we know that it's getting where we want it to go and it's not being uh, diverted for any uh, inappropriate uh, purposes. And my response to that is, is that, uh, going back to my initial comments, I'm always for full transparency. Anybody that gets federal taxpayer dollars, whether it's Ukraine or anybody else, uh, should be accountable for what they're doing uh, with those dollars. So that's been one concern that's been presented to me from constituents, is where is the money going? Uh, and then, when you're asking for more money, well, where did the previous money go? Is a pretty legitimate question, uh, in, in my uh, in my opinion. So I'm I'm very much uh, troubled and very much concerned by the aggression uh, by the Russians. Uh, but we have a responsibility to the American taxpayer uh, to be uh, responsible with their money uh, and, and make sure that we're uh, making the best investments. Uh, possible. So we'll, uh, we'll have to see how it's presented and whether there's the right accountability attached to it. Uh-huh. Joe, also, uh, would, would you support a proposal uh, uh, regarding the debt ceiling, uh, the, the way
2: that's increased, to uh, have the president make the proposal subject
1: to a vote of Congress? Um, I'm, I'm concerned about how the debt limit has become sort of a dead letter. I mean, it's there for a reason. Uh, we're supposed to have a limit on how much uh, debt we're accumulating, and we have this cycle where we pass a budget that racks up more and more debt, and then when the debt when we hit the debt limit, uh, we say, "Oh, we have to raise it; otherwise, it's the uh, it's the end of the world." And it's the well, same it thing by uh, concern uh, regarding the funding of the government. We have people that don't do the right thing. For months and weeks and years on end, don't uh, uh, come to terms with uh, responsible spending. Don't uh, do the proper procedure for the budget. Wait and wait and wait and wait until the last minute, and then effectively hold the economy of the world hostage. At a certain point, you have to say, no, we're going to do this the right way. We're going to get the budget balanced we're going to do proper appropriation. And and that's a, that's an ongoing vicious cycle that we've had for for years and years and decades now at this point. And at a, a certain point we have to say no enough is enough. We don't have any more money. We have to we have to live within our means. Thanks, Joe. Yep. Okay, Lucas, Day. Congressman, I have no questions this week, so thank you, and have a good Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Lucas. Thank you.
2: All right, perfect. We have time for one more question, we'll go to Terry Frank. Yes, good morning, Congressman. How are you doing? Good morning, Terry. Hey, uh, I did want to ask, because you had brought it up uh, one, uh, one question ago, and that is, Regarding the economy, Uh, we have this uh, possible rail strike involving one of the bigger unions uh, coming up next month, possibly. I wanted to get your thoughts about that. And uh, I know the Biden administration basically has got to deal with this. But is there something that Congress can and should do regarding this
1: situation? Yeah, I mean, it's something we'll have to monitor closely. Uh, As I think most people know, uh, railroads are sort of uniquely federally regulated. Uh, so there's more federal government intervention in that than there are in other uh, sectors of the economy. And, of course, uh, an enormous proportion of the goods that move to market in the United States of America move on, on rail. So a disruption, uh, any sort of uh, labor stoppage uh, in the freight world, Uh, whether it's trains or anywhere else, is very disruptive to the economy. So I would want to be a voice for uh, negotiation and for all sides (coughs) coming together uh, to avoid, if at all humanly possible, uh, any disruption uh, to our goods-reaching markets, especially as we come into uh, the holiday season. Uh, uh, This is uh, a, a time when we shouldn't be worried about Uh, supply chain issues, hopefully. Let's let's try and uh, handle any disputes that there may be uh, in a way that uh, protects uh, the workers, protects the railroads, protects uh, the American consumer, and everybody involved. All right. Hey, thanks very much,
2: Joe. Uh, You and the family have a happy Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, you too. Thank you.
2: Uh, All right, Joe, that does it for today.
1: All right, thanks, everybody, and again, a happy and very safe Thanksgiving uh, to everyone, and uh, we'll see you uh, next week when we're, we're going back into session next week, and we'll see what happens uh, over the remainder of the term.